This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. All right. Well, welcome everyone to the Holocron Histories podcast, where we talk about Star Wars canon versus legends lore. I'm one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup, and I'm glad to be back after our break from the holidays. Yes, and I am so glad to be back too. And I'm your other host, Ben of Tamaria, and Happy New Year, everyone who listens to the show, because we are now officially in 2024. So now we can say Star Wars Outlaws comes out this year. That's true, it does. Supposedly. <laughs> they say that. Yeah, we. I, I don't hold my breath on any game year anymore because... Nope. Yeah, we all know why. But we are uh, back on planets and we are going over a very popular planet in the star wars legends universe we're doing first because there's so much planet lore in both legends and canon Mm -hmm. and we are going to everybody's favorite dark gambling place in the galaxy nar shada dun 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 and you know, if you anybody's played Star Wars games, we all been to Nar Shaddaa at least once in our lives because it's in KOTOR 2, mm-hmm. uh, Force Unleashed, and the SWOTOR games, or SWOTOR MMO, which has its whole much more fleshed out than KOTOR 2 was. KOTOR 2 is very dark, though. It was very, like... There was barely any light when you're on Narshada. Mm. But uh, to get right into it, uh, Narshada was a tidally locked to Nalhutta, which resulted in the fact that only one side of the moon always faced the uh, parent planet, while the other side was faced towards the empty space. So it didn't rotate. Which mm. kind of. I'm curious how that works temperature-wise. I don't know. Uh, Power plants and their massive exhaust uh, pots venting off the excessive heat made the levels uh, near to the moon's rocky surface warmer and hotter, encouraging the residents to build structures further up. Ancient refueling spires and loading docks uh, reached out from the native shell from where they built the upper atmosphere in between those ports. Massive vertical cities grew. The urban areas on Narshada was known as vertical cities since the layers of housing and entertainment buildings were built on top of older layers. Like Coruscant and Terrace, some of the tallest spires reached the heights of three kilometers. That's that that's uh that's tall. And I, I can't It's very tall. Uh and then uh, many mines were on in operation during the Galactic Civil War. Ores from the deep of the crust were loaded to conveyor belts and emerged from the surface and climbing massive spiring ramp uh, reached the loading docks high above. The entire 
Ecumenopolis Ecumenopolis was dominated by decaying urban landscape and congested populated cities and contrasted the gleaming apartments and well-maintained skywalks that made up much of Coruscant, the moon was protected by planetary shields. Weird. Hmm. And then the inconsistency-shaped buildings, some uh, cylindrical yeah, words... Some polygonal uh, look like trunks uh, of some grown organism, and the population around them like symbiotes. The cityscapes were as inarchinally. These are engineering words are hard for me, okay? <laughs> Anarchically constructed. Yeah, nice. that. As anyone was able to build unregulated their own uh, granaries, spires, bridges, platforms, and signs anywhere that could be convenient for them, creating navigational hazards, some of the signs were deliberately deceptive, which would lead many to a uh, many a pilot to trap where they would be mugged and or killed. Because Nar Shaddaa. Here, let's have a random sign that t- tells you go this way, you go that way. Mm-hmm. Oh no, my engine blew. Oh no, there goes my cargo. Well, yeah, so like the anarchy is probably what it's same root as anarchy. Right. Meaning like no regulation, no any kind of that. And so Narshada being the thing that was like, yeah, sure, build this wherever. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you build this platform in the middle of a heavy traffic speeder lane sure whatever yep yep so i mean it's next to nahata which if no one knows anything about nahata that planet is named and controlled obviously by the huts so since it's narshada orbits nahata who controls narshada the huts and huts don't care the more crime, they the better. They care about them. Oh, true. They, they care, care about, about them. them. They care about lining their pockets. Of course. Uh, so now we get to some culture. So anything illegal elsewhere could be brought and sold on Narshada, and many young smugglers, pirates, and criminals started their careers on the smuggler's moon. Various sections of Narshada were controlled by the huts and other criminal organizations. Despite the criminal activities on the Smuggler's Moon, it was known that many of the galaxy's most advanced technologies were actually developed on Narshada. Corporations that wanted to avoid regulations that were prohibited prohibited testing often developed such dangerous and even valuable technology with the lower levels of the city of the moon. And many types of beings, individuals, and occupations could be seen in the streets, Wookiees, Twi'leks, Cubaz, Whipids, Weequays, Bith, and uh, Bith's sand artists, Athorian herd merchants, Gamorian guards, clay, clone slaves, constructed droids carrying individual individuals and sedans, Imperial and Imperial commandos acting as bodyguards. So you will see a wide variety of individuals and occupants on this moon because illegal stuff. 
There's crime on Narshada. What? Oh, that's news. Oh, that's galactic news right there, everyone. Um, <laughs> so now we're going to get a bit of the history. So where do we begin? We begin in the Old Republic, which is everyone's favorite era of Star Wars. Let's be honest, as it, as it should be. So when the Huts left their homeworld of Varl, they displaced the Evosi native to Nahada to Narshada in 15,000 BBY and immediately destroyed the remaining Evosi agriculture because Huts. Yeah. Makes sense. Eventually, the moon was annexed by the Huts, who started to force the Evosi into slave labor, com- completely changing the moon's unknown original natural terrain by building spaceports and docking bays across its surface, some stretching, acro- uh, stretching out into orbit. Although the moon's urbanized construction had just started, it began, quickly, uh, began to prosper along with Nalhada. By 14,500 BBY, the moon was completely urbanized, and the Evo Sea were f- uh, finally free since their work was complete. However, most have died off during the construction, and the few that remained took refuge in the Undercity. Because huts don't care. Uh, and then, unfortunately, the Evo Sea began to mutate into the unwholesome savages due to various technologies practiced in the moon's Undercity for about 11,000 years. It arrived with the galactic capital Coruscant as the important center of the the interstellar trade and continued to grow. In 4000 BBY, when the trade lanes shifted, Narshada and this planet became obsolete and were eventually abandoned by the Republic. Which was a very poor choice. Might I add. Uh, Narshada became a criminal haven and gained a reputation of being the center of illegal operations in the galaxy, earning the moniker the Smuggler's Moon. Now distant from the galactic trade centers, the moon was allowed to run its own affairs with little outside interference. Words today, jeez. And then, now we get to uh, 3951 BBY, so the moon was visited by the Jedi Exile in her search for Zekiel, a Jedi Master who cast her out of the Jedi Order. After the Jedi Civil War ended, the Narsha became a swarm of by thousands, if not millions, of refugees from destroyed worlds across the galaxy, and are still more ex-soldiers from both sides of the conflict, uh, choking up its spaces, looking for work and or new homes. So obviously, this is the events of Kotor Two. Which is on the the first. This might be the first time we actually see Narshada, like visually. I think that. it's probably correct. Uh, well, okay, hold on. We need to figure out because you technically go to Narshada in Jedi Academy. Uh, so was that before or after mm, Kotor two? Kotor two was two thousand three. No, three one is four. three. 2004. Uh, Jedi Academy, I think. I'm pretty sure that was... Was that earlier? I don't know. They were they were both on the original Xbox. So... Yes. Ooh, that's something we need to look up. I'm um, looking it up right now. So, um, as we continue. So, its refugee sector is one of the most crowded in the entire galaxy and tightly controlled by the Exchange, which I hate them. I hate the exchanges are terrible. 
Uh, the exchange was exporting the refugees to alert any remaining Jedi into their hands. The exile attracted the exchange's attention by persuading Kwashik, uh, the overseer, to loosen the grip on the refugee sector and re- rescuing locals from the exchange thugs. After she went to Jekjek Tar to meet with the exchange member Visquis, Goto intervened in Vis- Visquis's attempt to kill the Jedi and collected a uh, misinterpreted bounty. However, the- her companions rescued her and they succeeded in destroying Goto's yacht, the visionary, disabla- destabilizing the exchange and other criminals organizations throughout the entire sector for many years and um goto is the worst companion ever period yes um so many better droid companions and gang but jedi academy was released in september 16th of 2003 so it is before okay so Okay, so we see Narshadal for... It's not even that long. We're not really on Narshadal that long on in Jedi Academy, are we? I don't remember. Hey, I can't like... remember if that's the episode, the lair with the hut, or with the, like, rescue the people. Like, the village people from, like, a hunt's bout, and you have that ranker chasing you mm, in the, like, okay. pit. But there's also the other one that's like a rank, a giant like mutated ranker traces you, but it's not that one. Okay, I can't remember the top of my head. It's been so long since I played Jedi Academy. It's on Switch. It is on Switch. So uh, now we jump to the Cold War. So during the Cold War, both Republic and the Re constituted Sith Empire were vying for alliance with the Hut Cartel. Several criminal organizations, including the Exchange, continued to be active on the moon in this period, struggling against one another for control of the criminal underworld. Oh no, I lost my place. Oh, there we go. In 3653 BBY, the Exchange suffered a heavy defeat at the hands of the Shadow Syndicate, uh, even being driven out uh, of the Corellian Sector. And then during the occupation of the Internal Empire, Narshada was the site of a star fortress, which are essentially battle stations operating above orbit that will literally shoot down anything that tries to enter or escape the orbit of the planet. Moon. What is with bad guys in space stations? <laughs> space stations? Because... Why not? I guess I I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I know it's like neat, but like, when do they learn? Eventually, you've got to say like, oh, like this isn't working. Why do we keep doing this? Right, and it and it's one thing like, okay, Sidious and his plan, the Emperor, you know, making the Death Star. Okay, I can get that. That kind of is understandable because it was well before, like, ahead of its time with a giant moon-shaped space station the size of a moon. Mm-hmm. But all the, like, each iteration of the Empire prior to that is literally obsessed with space stations of the standard size, which nine times out of ten were destroyed by the Republic or by a famous Jedi. This is, my, this is what I'm saying, man. 
I mean, the Emperor could have learned too. It's like, maybe we shouldn't have something that's kind of obvious. And then, and then, you know, then we get down later down the line into the, uh, the, um, first order where they literally turn a planet into one of those and it still explodes. Yeah. Yeah, they don't learn. Let's put a giant target on this thing and wait for it to explode. Do you remember the, um, the Family Guy Star Wars spoofs. Yes. And then when they did Jedi, when they did Jedi mm-hmm. and they're explaining the attack on the Death Star and Peter's Han Solo just goes, yeah, we did this already. That's what's messed up about this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we already did this. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and I, I, oh, there was a bunch of videos I've seen where the explanation of how the Death Star explodes is like they shot down a th- uh, shot a pro <laughs> a couple photon f- torpedoes down an exhaust port directly straight down for it to explode. Well, for one, an exhaust port isn't to suck things in; it's to expel gas. So, but then we also are in a galaxy with space wizards. A force. <laughs> because logic does not have any sense in, at all in the galaxy. No. Uh, but now we do jump ahead quite a bit to the new Sith Wars. So this is around 1002 BBY. The Brotherhood of Darkness operated a Sith Academy on the world uh, that specialized in the training of the Sith Assassins. In 1000 BBY, after the Rusan campaign, Set Hearth and Bal Serenus dueled on the moon, but were both imprisoned by a Hut crime lord. So literally, two Sith have a duel, and but the Huts literally arrest them and put them in prison, which is like For them. that's impressive. If the Huts did that. And then now we get to a little bit more recent history that everybody's known. So this is the decline of the Republic. So this is, you know, Clone Wars. So before her death in 32 BBY at the hands of Darth Maul, native-born Polwick Anissa Dime uh, and her ship, the Dusty Duck, called the Smuggler's Moon home. Having a ship called the Dusty Duck. For her. And then in 28 BBY, the Holocoids took over the spice processing in Nar thanks to the efforts of the Jedi Suroi Tashi. Han Solo spent part of his early career as a smuggler in Nar There he learned the tricks of the smuggling trade from some of the galaxy's best smugglers, such as Zara Zend, Shuga Nix, and Roa. He had an apartment on the Smuggler's Moon, which was maintained by his old housekeeping droid, Zizi. But after he decided to leave the moon for the corporate sector, it was left unused. See, that is something I would love to see have for Han Solo, is to have him with a droid. He's never with droids. The only droids he's been around with is C-3PO and R2, and he hates... C-3PO with a burning passion. That's very true. But that's most people, so. 
But um, at this point, I think it's a good time to take a mid-break. All right. Well, let's go. All right. Well, welcome to the middle of the show where we take time to thank our patrons. Thank you to all of our patrons for your support. And we love hanging out with our patrons on Patron Chat. And if you'd like to do that, you can go to patreon.com slash holocron histories. Other than that, a great way to support us is to leave us ratings or reviews on Apple or Spotify. If you leave us five stars and some kind words, we will read it out on a future episode of the show. And we do have some actually to have comments and for on Spotify and a review on Apple. This comes from Darth Jedi 600 from the Great Britain. Uh, for the Republic, for Camino, five stars. I have a question in canon. The Empire calls the Republic the Old Republic, but in Legends, the Old Republic actually existed in Legends. So what does the Empire call the Republic in Legends, if not the Republic? Otherwise, from that, absolutely loving the show. But could you try to do a Kashyyyk episode, as I absolutely love that planet? Honestly, this is one of the best Star Wars podcasts out there. Thank you. Um, I'm pretty sure that it's really complicated in Legends, if I'm correctly. Like, I can answer this question, but yeah, it's it's technically everything towards in canon now, everything pre Darth Bane is Old Republic, and then post Darth Bane up until the prequels is High Republic. Correct. And um, but in Legends, all of that was Old Republic. It's it's a very murky term in Legends. Yeah, it's like yes on both accounts. Yes, it's uh the Empire calls the Old Republic like the Republic the Old Republic, but and yes, it was also a era of the Republic. But yeah, that's that's where it kind of gets murky. And uh, on Spotify, we have uh, a couple comments on our Origins of the Lightsaber episode, our first episode that we ever did. Uh, Dark Void 7, or Dr. Void 7, a brilliant look at lightsaber lore. Loved it. And Wotech, uh, Wo I think that's how you say it. Lightsabers are goaded. And then I do, we do have one on the. Uh, x-wing episode that we did uh by jackson i liked it however the wing starfighter you missed was known as the b-wing it is seen the return of the uh revenge return of the jedi and a little snippet of the resistance b-wing is seen in the rise of skywalker battle of exegol which is true that's something we probably missed because that that, there's a lot of starships there's a lot of starships and honestly i don't remember much of that episode because that was like over god that was like two years ago a year and a, over a year and a half ago something like that i don't remember <laughs> god, that, i'll be quite long. honest like this is just a fun little podcast term and maybe this makes me a bad podcast host but like i don't rem- when the episode drops i'm like oh yeah that's what we talked about <laughs> fair that's fair. I mean, there's just so much in Star Wars, and we both love Star Wars so much. It's like, oh, what did we... Oh, yeah, we did talk about that. <laughs> I cannot be held accountable for the things that I'm saying on the cast. 
That's fair. And that that's also goes for his other two shows. So <laughs> And it goes with my three other shows. So I I I have no responsibility. Anyway, uh but yeah, thank you for the awesome comments and reviews. Always appreciate it and thank you for listening. Anything else for the midbreak? Um join our discords. There's if you three. haven't heard, if you if you've made it this far in our shows, you've heard about the discords, you can join them. You can check out our other shows. You can catch us live on Twitch at Ben of Tamaria or twitch.tv slash Ben of Tamaria, where you can catch us on Twitch every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. Time zone math is yes. messing with my brain today. That's fair. Yeah, understand that. But Cool. Let's get right back into more Nar Shada. Yeah. All right. So we are finally in the Galactic Empire era for Nar Shada. So after the Reds, the Galactic Empire, Nar Shada's citizenry celebrated for an entire month. They were overjoyed by the regime change, not because of what it meant for the galaxy, but because the Empire was turning its attention inward, and they hoped that that would give them more leeway for their illegal activities. I, I don't even know how to respond to this. They celebrated for an entire month. It's like, yay, we can get away with more illegal activities. <laughs> I just don't know how to respond to that. Um, I don't either. In 3 BBY, Galen Merrick journeyed to Nar Shadda under the orders of Darth Vader to execute the Jedi Rom Koda, who was attacking the critical Imperial shipyard in Nar Shadda's orbit during the bat- duel between the two Force Adepts in the control room. The controls were destroyed, causing the facility to fall towards the moon. And then while it was falling, a blinded Coda fell out of the window, but was protected by the Force and made his way to the undercity of Nar Shadda and became an alcoholic. Ramkota was rescued by Bail Organa and Merrick by Juno Eclipse and to BBY Merrick returned to Narshada hoping to find Kota, whom he knew was not dead, died in their duel, although the Jedi had left Narshada by the time Merrick arrived. Merrick was able to pick up Kota's trail, eventually tracking him to Bestin. Which we explained all that in the Starkiller episode that we did. We did. And then uh Jackson and Amazia Foxtrain teamed up as smugglers headquartered on the moon. Lando Calrissian also spent his early career on Narshda prior to serving Ramus Antilles. Three C-3PO and R2-D2 traveled to the smugglers' moon in an attempt to apprehend the criminal Oligat Grek and the bounty hunter Greedo and his family lived on the moon's Corellian sector for several years until the Imperial attack on a rubble hideout resulted in the destruction and collapse of nearly 20 sector levels. That is a lot. And, if anybody wants to know, Jackson is the alien rabbit. He did it. the alien rabbit. Yeah, he's an he's literally an alien Easter bunny rabbit looking thing. Well, yeah, I don't remember this. Yeah, he he has a whole comic series and everything. Um, he's interesting looking. That's he literally looks like the Easter bunny, but like that's his actual biology, not in a suit. 
Yeah, he's interesting. And then following the Battle of Yavin, rebel agent Kyle Katarn traveled to Narshada in order to find Imperial navigation charts related to the Dark Trooper project. The Imperials had already put a bounty on his head, which resulted in a skirmish in the streets. Oh, so we actually go to Narshada during, uh, wh- which one is this? Um, Is that Shadow? No. Dark Trooper? Star Wars? What was the, what was the first game with Kyle Katarn? Dark Forces. Dark Forces. Yes. So we would have gone to Narshada and Dark Forces then. Yeah, so there we go. All the way back there. Which was in the 90s. (laughs) And then now we jump to the New Republic. So after the Battle of Endor, the Empire lost its jurisdiction there, although arrogant Imperials continued to harass citizens by pretending to have authority because Imperials... Uh, in 5 ABY, Katarn caused havoc once more while chasing the information broker droid uh, AT-88 that had had his father's holodisc. While he found him, Kyle shot and uh, s- severed the droid's arm and had descended into the sewers to find the disc before ascending and being picked up by Jan Ors. In 10 ABY, Han Solo returned to his wife, Leia Gana Solo. During the trip, Leia met Purge, survivor named uh, Vima de Boda, who gave her an ancient lightsaber. When he returned to his apartment, he was being maintained by Zizi. Unfortunately, there was another surprise for him, the dreaded bounty hunter Boba Fett, waiting on the Narshada to capture Solo. After a chase through the streets of Narshada, they escaped, along with Solo's former comrades, Salah Zind, Shugnix, on the Millennium Falcon, and the Starlight Intruder, uh, to Biss. Which, the Starlight Intruder, is that Leia ship? Maybe. Nope, the, uh-huh. that is uh, Salah Zind and Snugnix's uh, ship. Uh, later that year, while en route to the new Alderaan, uh, Han and Leia, along with the smuggler friends, returned to Narshada. Upon reviving to the city moon, they discover the Imperial presence in the form of the Imperial class Star Destroyer Invincible, which was under the command of the Dark Jedi Zam Kath and Badan Foss. During an adventure through Narshada's broken down cities, they encountered gank bounty hunters, uh, Boba Fett, Imperial troopers, and deadly. Verbith, I just want to uh, say that I've been playing so much Baldur's Gate that when you said gank, I thought you said gif, <laughs> which is the gif word for like a mind player. So just no, that's where my no. brain. Or it's not D and D terms. I'm sorry. And the Solos also met Vima again, and this time took her, uh, took her with them. As they are leaving Narshada, they met with the Resistance from Mako's Sprints and the Invincible, although they also managed to escape. During the escape, the Invincible attempted to capture the Falcon, though unfortunately it dragged the skyscraper where Mako's Sprints was located. As a result, the Invincible crashed into the surrounding cityscape, causing heavy damage to lives and property. And then in 12 AB, while while looking for Deshan, Kyle Katarn once more returned to the city and looked for the Rodian crime lord, Rilo Barluk. Uh, he freed Kyle, 
Lando Calrissian from Barlock's hold and eventually found him. However, the gangster managed to entrap him in a room full of turrets, but the Jedi escaped. Katarn and the Calrissian managed to find L Lady Luck and refuel her using pipelines. When they were about to make their escape from Narshada, Relo attacked them with a handful of mercenaries. The criminal used a gun platform to hit the ship while his thugs boarded it, but Katarn leapt into the laser turret of the Lady Luck and shot down the gangster. And then in 14 ABY, it was discovered that Lantnik, uh Racto was manufacturing assassin droids in a hidden facility on the moon and selling them on the invisible market uh, until Jaden Kor captured him in the headquarters on Coruscant, where Racto revealed the location of the factory. Shortly after that, the New Republic intelligence raided the factory and thwarted his operations. And then now we get to the dark history of Star Wars called the Yuzhan Vong Empire. Where mm. nothing turns out good. It uh, works out in the end. Yeah, yeah, after a lot of turmoil and death and destruction. Is there a problem? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Uh, in 26 ABY, the cities of the Smuggler Moon were destroyed by an air orbital bombardment by the extra-galactic Yuzhan Vaughn. Most of the inhabitants were killed, and the entire urban moon was reduced to rubble. So, we're off to a great start. The entire moon was basically wiped. It builds character. It builds character with nothing there. <laughs> Rub some dirt in it. <laughs> yeah, just do what you like. Well, just do what you did to Terrace. That's that's all right. <laughs> Telos and Terrace are both fine. After many many years of reconstruction. No, they're not fine. They're not fine. Especially, you know, you have a rat cool problem. Thousands of years later. Not good. Uh, the mutant uh, Evil Sea had been among the few survivors since they were living at the very moon surface and itself and were not caught in the orbital bombardment. The entire uh, YouTube system was surrounded by some of the Yuzhan Vong's deadliest warships. Narshada and several organic creations set down the remains of the surface for multiple purposes. And then different types of bacteria killed off all the remaining inhabitants. All the evil sea among them, thus the evil sea uh, on Narshada became extinct, living in the undercity since their civilized, uh, civilized ancestors had taken refuge there 15,000 BBY. Then all the carcasses, evil sea or not, were buried and dissolved into the soil of the original surface of Ground Zero. <laughs> it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> and then next to all the rubble on the moon was broken down and absorbed into soil. Thus, Narshada became a lifeless, barren world with no inhabitants. The surface of Narshada was then uh, Vong-formed to suit the invaders. And then Narshada, along with Nalhada itself, and indeed all the uh, Watumed system in the Yuzhong Vaughn's grass, was used as a stronghold in hut space. The entire hut over sector was swallowed up by the Yuzhong Vaughn Empire and began to uh, desolate hut space. So, um, yeah. When I said dark, I meant like annihilation and extinction levels. <laughs> This entire system just... Nope, it's gone. Yeah. 
So uh, now we have the legacy. <laughs> so in 29 ABY, when the Yijan Von were defeated and abandoned the moon of Nalhada, since Narshada was Vong formed during the Yijan Von War, it did not yet return to the state of the Ikumanap uh, populace. Though many s- small cities were built across the moon and became a haven for smugglers once more in 29 ABY, and the huts eventually reclaimed Narshada, rebuilding that was which destroyed the moon along with the planet joined the confederation in 40 ABY, although the huts themselves were relatively neutral during the Second Galactic Civil War. And later in the war, however, the huts eventually joined their fellow non-hut criminals in the Great Conflict. And then by 43 ABY, much of the world's surface had been built over once more, which again began to glimmer. Tob Jaddick, a former smuggler from the last days of the Galactic Republic, reflected on how similar Nashada was to the original state years before the uh, Vong forming. Uh, he had noticed that the security in the world has much tighter than it was in the days of the Republic. The place where people went to quickly and easily disappear now required retinal and body scans, retinal and body scans to enter the moon's spaceport. Well, that sucks for anybody trying to get, disappear. Hey, I need a eye scan and a whole body, full body scan. Sorry. And last but not least, we have behind the scenes. So the galaxy map from Star Wars Insider 65 incorrectly identifies Narshada as its own planet, while it's in fact the moon of Nalhada. In Darth Bane Path of Destruction, Narshada is spelled as Narshada with only one D. So they they misspelled it with 1D instead of 2. Come on, Drew. Yeah, what's going on? (laughs) And then Narshada's first mention in the Dark Empire 3 in notes identifies Narshada as the Smuggler's Moon, and this was repeated in the Dark Empire 4 and majority of the later Star Wars Legends sources, which the Dark Empires are the uh, comics. The Dark Empire comics. That makes sense. But that is what we have in Legends for Narshada. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing us all that information. Uh, it definitely like is like you know we were joking like the sky the uh, or the uh, five of scum and villainy, which is obviously Moss Eisley. But right. I think Narshada alert. I I think you know. Obi-Wan just hadn't been to Narshada in a while. Yeah. Um, for a good while. Like, older public. I mean, we visited quite a lot in uh, KOTOR 2, and if you play the MMO, Star Wars Old Republic, all you deal with is literally criminals the entire time that you're there. Mm-hmm. Or illegal pod racing, because pod racing's fun. <laughs> is there pod racing in... Swotor? No, there was uh, pod racing ah. in Kotor too. Or it was swoop. No, it was, it was swoop, swoop racing. racing. Swoop racing, pod racing. They're almost the same. You're just now swoop... going swoop racing. Just going to straight line. Swoop racing. You're only like. So if you notice, like pod racing, it's interesting because pod racing is obviously like designed on like the normal racing that we think mm-hmm. like the indy 500 or the formula one racing um but pod or it's, but swoop racing is more like is based um, on 
it's called a drag race. It's drag racing. You, yeah. Yeah. You have a one shot thing and you're supposed to make it in a certain time. Mm-hmm. True. Though when you no, actually there is swoop racing in, uh, there is swoop racing in Star Wars, the older public MMO. There's pod racing on Malastair. It's very fast, very dangerous. <laughs> that it is. But the pod, uh, the swoop racing in Swoop Tours is very much like pod racing. Um, it's it's weird. It's different. You actually go on a course and everything. Hmm. But it's also your mount speed, which is also like super slow. Well, yeah. And it's just weird. It's because you're just on your mounts doing it, and it's like, yeah, no, no, thank you. But yeah, that's that's an Arshada for Legends. Um, yeah, all these scum and villainy, like literally, it's just hot crime lords doing what you can. Though I will say, Narshada was probably in its prime during the uh, Galactic Cold War and Civil War during the uh, mm-hmm. time of the Old Republic because everything's bright and shiny and everybody's just gambling and having fun and you can go on party yachts. Back during KOTOR 2, is literally people just trying to kill you every corner of the way. And I mean every corner because <laughs> you go around a corner and there's, oh, hey, combat. Yeah, that's the whole game, though. That's true. That is very true. But cool. Is there anything else we need to add to Narshada? No, I think that's it. Cool. I think we're ready. Then we're ready to wrap up. Thank you, everyone, and anyone who listened live as we do this. Uh, thank you for listening to Holocron Histories podcast. We will see you next time. And may the force be with you. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon versus Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHoloHistories and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com. Vault Dwellers, join me, Jaxus, Sassy Lady Rover, Eric, and the Creator Maverick as we take topics from the Fallout universe and discuss them with other diverse individuals. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it using at FalloutRTD. You can send us an email using FalloutRTD at gmail.com. Join us. The conversation has already started.